Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. For those that didn't know, uh, my, my grandson, Nehemiah, had to have... Uh, Huh? Six years, seven. What did I say? I'm just moving ahead. All right. Oh my goodness, baby, get that, get that plan ready. All right. So for those that didn't know, my grandson Nehemiah um, uh, needed an emergency uh, uh, brain surgery, and that sounds it sounds quite scary because it really was scary. And that happened on Sunday, Sunday morning. Um, they found that he had uh, an uh, accumulation of um, bacterial fluid in his brain. And so they had to do a surgery. And that happened on Sunday morning. So um, Rebecca and Jose uh, were at their child's side the whole time. And um, I'm here to report to you all that they are back home. Um, the the procedure went well. The the surgeon did an amazing job, and we thank all that amazing staff there um, at Nemours. And um, just want to let all you guys know. I know that um, Nehemiah is watching today, along with Dad and Mom and Jane. We love you. Uh, on Sunday, last Sunday, when the surgery was going to begin. I went to see him. Um, I went to see him with Becky in the morning before the service. And as soon as I walked in, he greeted me with so much love. He said, "What are you doing here? Well, why aren't you at the service?" And I was like, "Okay." On that note, uh, we prayed and then we left. And um, he knows what what Grandpa does on Sundays, and he found it strange that I wasn't here. So um, we love you, Nemo. Praying for you. We love you. Pastor Jose and Rebecca, we love you guys. We're going to get started after this after the service. If you've been visiting us and you you like this environment, you like the culture here, we want to let you know that we want to be your home church. We want to be your home church. So immediately after the service, um, if you remain, uh, David Reyes is going to be spearheading a membership class, and I promise you. It doesn't take long because there's just not so many formalities to be part of this of this wacky family. So um, wacky. I said wacky. I said wacky. So uh, we welcome you guys. We're going to get started. Uh, I'm going to pray. And then after I pray, we're going to get right into the word. I know I said that I was going to finish this topic on order. I was going to finish it this Sunday, but it, it has snowballed into into something else. And so next week, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. I promise next week is where I'll end the topic on order. But let's pray and let's get ready. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your amazing presence. That Lord, that even before we put our key into the lock to unlock these doors, Lord, Father, we didn't usher you in. You ushered us in. Lord, we thank you for being in this place we thank you for restoring. We thank you for healing. We thank you for touching. We thank you, Lord, for just the miraculous impact 
that you are doing, Father, throughout this experience. So, Father, we pray for everyone that is here, those that are here online, those that are watching us and listening online. We pray for them as well, Lord, that together and collectively, Lord, we can give you praise and honor, Father, during this time. Speak into our heart your words, not my words, not a man's word, but your words, Lord. Speak those words into our hearts, Lord, that they may resonate along the rest of the week, Lord, and strengthen us. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. So thank you. So as, uh, as we start wrapping up our series on order, Adrian, I want to say thank you for, Adrian just got back from Miami. I literally flew, uh, just, just flew in this morning and got his butt here to church. And thank you, man. I appreciate that, bro. Because <laughs> some people go to Miami and they stay in Miami. So thank you for coming back. <laughs> right, Angelo? All right. So here we go. <laughs> so as we start wrapping up the series on order, uh, I'm going to wrap it up on Sunday, obviously. I uh, shared that. My heart for you. Uh, and for all of us is that uh, you'll take away an understanding of God's ongoing ways from the beginning of time and even to this current time and into the future. I I want you to wrap your head around God's meticulous attention to details in our lives and in the world. He cares about the details. I want you to grow in your understanding that God is a God of order. And order matters to God in every area, in every aspect of our lives. Lastly, I want you and, 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 and myself as God's children, you know, as, as, as we live in this world that we're not following the pattern, the sequence, the order of this world, but that the order, the order that we follow and that we submit to and that we're committed to is the order of our creator, our designer, our God, our heavenly father. That's the order that we follow. Amen. Okay, good. One person. All right. Two, three. All right, good. So as I laid this foundation, for the last three Sundays, today is the fourth Sunday, the, um, I, I kind of laid out this foundation on the importance of order in our lives, order in, in God's creation, and then order in the world in which we live today. So next week, I'm going to expand on this topic in the area as I'm going to do today and next week. I want to I bring and talk about uh, order on the topic of finances and generosity, finances and generosity. Now, let me preface this conversation, this chapter this morning, with this clarification, that my aim is to bring an awareness to the topic of generosity, generosity in relation to God's order. You got that? I'm in no way suggesting that your generosity is towards a particular church, an organization, or this pastor, or any pastor. That's not what I'm talking about. So, relax. Okay? Relax. Alright? Alright, alright. Just just rest. Generosity is a way of life for all that are called children of God. Generosity is synonymous with Christianity. You cannot separate the two. 
Generosity is the language of God's children. Generosity is the currency of God's kingdom. I hope you're taking notes. It was my heart that you were taking notes all along. I want to share on this principle of generosity as a as it being close to God's heart for his children. And and this topic is so close to God's heart for God's children that the enemy of this world, Satan, will often attack this part of our lives as much as possible to disrupt our communion with our Heavenly Father. It is hard, it is hard to sing songs of praise when you are hurting financially. It is hard to pray and pray and have peace when you are struggling financially. I get it. I know it. I know what it's like. So this is why the area of money, the area of generosity is always a touchy subject in in many churches. And I don't want our church to ever feel uncomfortable whenever we talk about this topic. Yes, I know that there have been abusers scammers, thieves, charlatans, all the way from the pulpit down to the pew. I understand that. Still so, generous giving is the currency of God's kingdom. And if you're here with us today in person or you're watching us online and you have been a victim of people, churches, Ministers that have been disguised as godly men or women who have used manipulative tactics to get you to give money. I want to say I'm sorry. I want to say I'm sorry. That isn't a reflection of who Jesus is. It's not a reflection of Jesus's ways. It's not a reflection of our Heavenly Father's kingdom. And I want you to know that if you've been a victim, I want you to know that justice will be done. And I want you to know that anything that you have ever given with the right heart into whatever ministry, whether they used it for good or for whatever misuse, I want you to know that what you did has a return because you gave with a right heart. All right. So today I made that clarification. I want to I just want you to just feel like I'm not here to do one of those messages. That's not who I am. It's not my heart. If you've been here for the last Seven years, seven years. You probably heard me talk about this maybe once or twice. So I want to leave you with a renewed commitment between you, God, and the provisions, the provision that God has afforded us, provisions that he gives you. I want you to to have a new commitment on how and why we live out generously, unlike the rest of the world. This world says if you retain and you save and you retain and you keep and you uh, uh, and you hoard, then you are going to be well off. Well, God's kingdom says give, give and then give some more. That's what the king, God's kingdom says. That doesn't make sense. Does it? Well, I want to leave you with a few things. And this is why I want you to take notes. I want you to go home and I want you to read for yourself. I want you to study for yourself. And as I said before, I make this clarification. If you ever feel that here at Scarlet Note, giving makes you uncomfortable, well, give somewhere else. Gladly give somewhere else. But I want you to know that we have some amazing, generous givers in this church. 
and we thank them. We thank you all because of you. We can do the things that we do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to start with uh, in Genesis. By the way, where's where's Miguel? Where's Miguel? Didn't Miguel, Miguel, you looked incredible, bro. Uh, if any of you, any of you remember the Billie Jean, the Billie Jean, Michael Jackson video when they were in that scene playing pool table. Man, brother, all the way. I was like, that's my man, Miguel. So good job today, Miguel. We love you. So I want to go back to a scripture we read out of Genesis, and I want you to follow with me. And I need you to pay attention to the scripture. And listen, regardless of, regardless, regardless if you want to believe me, go home for yourself. I want you to read. I want you to pray to your heavenly father and ask him, is this stuff real? If you've never tried this, put it into practice. I am telling you, this is something that's going to change your life forever. So I want to read the scripture. We read it in the beginning of the series and we're going to read it again. Let's go. Ready? Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth... While the earth... So how long is this for? What we're about to read, how long does it last? While the earth remains... Here we go. Sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not... How long does it last? How long does it last? Well, it lasts as long as the earth remains. Which means, dad and mom, when you leave this earth, who are left behind? Who are left behind? And who else? And your children, children. And then your children, 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 children. So think about this principle that we're going to share. And I want this to be very close to your heart. I want us to focus on this chat today on that sequence the sequence of seed time and harvest seed time and harvest seed time and harvest God's order can be seen in the natural rhythm in nature where there's a seed planted there will always be a harvest that inevitably will follow wherever there's a seed you will always get a harvest where there's a seed you will always get a harvest. To everything God does, a rhythm follows. Nothing on earth, over earth, under earth, is set without this rhythm and order. This is his perpetual law for all of us all. As long as there's an earth, this rhythm stands. And listen carefully. This rhythm, this law isn't only for Christians. Did you hear that? It's not only for Christians. This law is for everyone, good or bad. This is why some people cannot understand why there are bad people that have a lot of wealth. And when you look at their heart, they may be bad in some areas, but they are generous in their giving. So good or bad, like them or hate them, if you follow this law in particular, this law is always going to have 
a response. Every harvest is preceded by a seed. Can't get a harvest if there isn't a seed. This law, this order is a rhythm that existed pre-Adam and Eve. That's why I used I used the text of uh, Genesis. Genesis. Maybe uh, other churches will focus on Malachi. I wanted to focus on Genesis. Genesis chapter chapter. Uh, we read it chapter eight. It, it establishes that this is going to be a perpetual rhythm, a sequence that is going to last as long as earth remains. And this law has existed pre-Adam, Eve, Noah, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Israel, the country, the people, the Ten Commandments, the priests, the tabernacle, the sacrificial system, the temple, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the church. And yes, this has existed even before the Bible. Oh, that's Old Testament. No, it's not. Oh, that's New Testament. No, no, it's not. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. I want to read this together. Then God said, who said? God. Who spoke? God. Okay. Then God said, let earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. Next. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw. What did God see? What did God see? That that was good. Vegetation, plants, Trees and fruit that yield seed, God called good. You out there eating because you lazy, eating them seedless watermelons. <laughs> it's not good. That's caca. When God planted this garden called Eden, He placed man and woman and he gave them a responsibility to tend it, to guard it. In fact, he gave that responsibility to man to keep, to guard it. And he wanted them to pay close attention to the seed-bearing trees, the fruits, the vegetation. That is God's order. And what he planted and how he planted God called this order, God called this rhythm good. But you have to pay attention to the rhythm. The order is ongoing. If carefully maintained, if carefully tended and guarded, it's practically self-sustaining and fail-proof with very little effort. You have to do nothing to it. In every seed, listen carefully to this. In every seed, there is within the seed incalculable years and generations of harvest beyond the measure of the initial 
planted seed or seeds. So if you plant one apple seed, one, you don't get one apple seed in return. You harvest a tree of apples that yield seeds within the apples with more apples and more seeds all from one seed. Are you following that? That is God's order. That's how his order works. The only way that you interrupt this cycle, this rhythm, this pattern, this order is by withholding the seed and not planting it or cutting down the tree uh, after it grows or just eating the fruit with the seed to satisfy your appetite and not having an intention of a harvest. Every seed that you sow will always yield a harvest. Every seed that you sow will always yield a harvest. Tell the person that next to you. Every every seed you sow will yield a harvest. Now, not just not just any harvest, but it will always be a harvest after its own kind. I want you to pay close attention to this because God is a God of order. Every seed, every seed can only produce after its own kind. Did you hear it? If you sow corn seeds, what kind of a harvest you're going to get? If you sow strawberry seeds, what kind of a harvest are you going to get? If you sow nothing seeds, what kind of a harvest are you going to get? Many people yield a nothing harvest because they sow nothing seeds. Now this is where it's going to get interesting. This is where it's going to get interesting. Why? Because God is so amazing in the way he does things. Why? Because you could grab this scripture and make it so crooked. And people have done that for many, many years and have hurt the people, have, have, have exploited the people. And, and I told you before, I don't drive a Bentley. I don't drive a Mercedes. If anybody does, that's on you. God's blessed you to do that. I have an MDX and I'm still praying that, that it, it holds together for now. <laughs> But I want you to know that we're not that church. We're not that kind of church and God works with everyone differently. But if this isn't followed correctly, it is a very toxic. It could be a very toxic misuse of a law that God is establishing, principle that God has established. So this is why I want to give it to you very clearly so that you understand the principle works. This principle works. But this is where it gets interesting. Go with me to Galatians chapter 6. Oh, and this is where it gets interesting. Verse 7. Are you ready? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Hold on. 
Tell somebody, don't lie to yourself. If you are a guest, I hope you didn't say that to a first-time guest. We asked for forgiveness. We didn't mean it. They were just doing what the pastor said. But listen, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Paul writes these words. The apostle Paul, he writes these words. He goes, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For for, for, for whatever a man sows, this What is he going to reap? What is he going to reap? You have to pay attention to the whatever. Pay attention to the whatever. The whatever is the part that makes the seed time and harvest law and principle. It's uncontainable. It's unconstrained. It has no limit. It's inextinguishable. You can't turn it off. Listen, you can't shut it off. This is why we as children of God, we have to pay attention to what we're sowing. This seed time and harvest law and principle applies to what? Whatever. Say whatever. Whatever. Not just money. And this is the part that has rocked many people the wrong way. Why? Because there's such an emphasis, sow the seed, sow the seed. Talking about money, 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 money. But this is a principle that works on what? Whatever you sow, that too you will reap. Other religions call it karma. You're a believer and you're a Christian. We don't believe in karma. We believe in what you sow, you will reap. That is God's law. And when we read this, whatever you sow, that whatever isn't relegated to just money. This applies to whatever we sow. Good or bad. Take some time to take that in. Good or bad. Whatever you sow, God says, don't lie to yourself. I can't be mocked. It's my law. It's my principle. It's coming. It's coming. This rocked my world. This rocked my world as a young husband, as a young daddy. It rocked my world. And I want to be I want to be transparent. I think I've, I've always done a good job at being transparent with you all um, and putting, putting uh, our, our relationship out there. But Becky and I had a rocky relationship for 12 years. It was a living hell. That's what I describe it. That's how I describe it. It was so bad that Becky wanted a divorce. She wanted out of this marriage. And we went through a three-year separation. How many years? Three. Three-year separation. And it wasn't fun. Three years separated from this hot-looking mama was hard. (laughs) And to make matters worse, the separation we had, we had it in the house. So Becky was always smelling good, looking good. (laughs) She would say good night. She would say good night to the kiddos. Good night, good night, good night. 
and then walk right by me. And for three years, three years, Lord, three years. But this principle changed my life. This principle changed my life as I pray that it changes yours. Husband, I hope you're paying attention so that you can grasp this. Uh, wives, I hope that you are, you are, you're going to grab this and run with this. Children, I hope you're paying attention because I want the children to pay close attention. Why? Because the kind of children you are, those are the kind of kids you're going to have. Oh, you don't like that seed. I told you it's a principle that works in whatever you sow. Because this principle works, in my marriage, I started to sow seeds that I wanted to harvest. Why? Did you hear the scripture said that whatever I sow, I get back? Whatever I sow, I get back. If I want to eat apples, then what kind of seeds do I have to sow? If I want some popcorn, right, then what kind of seeds do I have to sow? Yeah. So then in my marriage, I had to look at the circumstances in my marriage and I had to identify what's the problem in my marriage. What do I need to sow? I started to see my marriage as this vast, fertile soil just waiting for me to plant seeds. Of the fruit that I wanted in return. Let me give you an example. Becky is an excellent cook. Excellent cook. In fact, she's one of the best. My girl can slay it in the kitchen. Oh, my kids know it. Their wives know it. And the son-in-law know it. He better know it. She can slay it. She's an excellent cook. If I want my wife to slay it in the kitchen over and over, I have to learn how to sow seeds, simple seeds of cleaning dishes, preparing the area for my wife to slay away. See, it is unconscionable for a person to be expected to come home after eight to 10 hour shift whether it's in the office, wherever you may work, places of high stress and pressure, expected to then come home, clean up, organize, do homework, manage the bills, prepare dinner, while you sit on the couch eating chips and dip. Baby, when's food gonna be ready? Can't wait. I say this and I say this, not arrogantly, but I say this confidently. Becky will never come home now to outwork me. Let me say that again. Becky will never come home to outwork me. Ever. No, listen, ever, 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 ever. It is a commitment that I made. Never come home to outwork me. In fact, I've made it such a point to do so that now she doesn't even notice the things I do in the house. My, my kids are witnesses. My, my kids are witnesses of me doing stuff around the house and she'll come by and 
won't even notice it. The other day, a few weeks back, a few months ago, Adrian and I were digging uh, 36. We got the we got a picture. I, I think I sent a picture over there. There's a planner that I built, right? Nothing major. It was just something small, but I put it in her her line of sight. I dug a hole 36 inches deep. And by I dug it, mean Adrian dug it. <laughs> when you got older kids, you tell them, hey, man, come over. And then you set them up. And Adrian was sweating away and sweating away. And then after he, we, we dug the hole, we dug the, I texted to the marketing. Um, Anthony, there was three pictures in there. Uh, if not, <laughs> it's not, if not, it's okay. I can describe it. But so I dug the hole 36 inches deep. And then I put a four by four, boom, in the center. And then uh, I carried cement. And by I carry cement, Adrian carries cement. <laughs> and then he was, yo, man, you for real with this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you go, yeah, yeah. And then he poured it in the hole. We did the water, we did the cement. And I told Adrian, said, you know what, bro? I bet you any amount of money, this woman will arrive home and walk by this, will never acknowledge it. And then, on the post, on the post, I put two hanging plants, one on each side, with a sign that said, welcome home. Look. My girl got home. She gave me a kiss and a hug. And then, and then a few days ago, I, I added this whole pergola right up there, right? It's, a, it's called an eyebrow pergola. I put it over the door where you got to walk through. <laughs> My girl walked in. How you doing, honey? You notice it. <laughs> All right, stop. Hold on. You can take it there. My point is that the seeds that I started to sow in my marriage started to yield a return that changed the course of the marriage. She's excused. Oh, by far. By far. Hold on. Hold on. By, by far. 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 My wife doesn't have to come home to ever ask me to put gas in her car. Ever. Amen. Ever. My wife doesn't have to ask me to go buy milk, bread, and eggs or whatever we need in the refrigerator. Why? Because I make it a point to understand my wife's heartbeat in every area. When, when my wife lays her head on her pillow to rest at night, I'm setting it up for tonight. When she lays her head at night to rest, she is tired because of her contribution to her marriage not as a result of being exhausted because I'm consuming her with the lack of my contribution around the house but this also works in parenting see remember Galatians said what whatever whatever so my wife can't my wife can't complain about being overly tired because I'm exa- no give her 
Let's go to parenting. Let's go to parenting. In the area of parenting, this principle works. I just didn't buy my kids a bat and a ball and said, there you go, kiddos. Go have fun. Play. I had to make it a point to sow seeds. So I had to make it a point to take my kids to the park and play baseball with them. And I had no idea. I never played sports. Uh, it was the worst. I couldn't catch. I, I couldn't catch. I couldn't throw. I didn't have that kind of upbringing. Why? Because of religion. I didn't have that upbringing. So I didn't know. I, I couldn't throw straight. Just I couldn't. I couldn't. Just I couldn't throw straight. And then I couldn't catch. And so, uh, with my kids, you ask Jose and Adrian. They have been hit many times with a hardball. They have been on the receiving end of hardballs. All right. I'm like going, all right, come on, man. Walk it off. Walk it off. Walk it off. But I made it a point to spend time with my kids. The hustle didn't own me. The hustle didn't own me. Made it a point to spend time with my kids in the backyard. I put my kids into bed at night. I read stories to my kids at night. I prayed for my kids in the mornings before going to school. They heard pop pray, not just mom, pop. We did homework together. I introduced my kids to musical instruments. Thank you very much. And even with my daughter, as a female, I had to learn, <laughs> I had to learn to master things like a ponytail. <laughs> Every time I did Alexa's hair, she could never blink. I sold sold seeds of time with my children. Seeds of time with my children. They're all married now. They don't live with dad. They don't live with mom. But because I sold seeds of time, I can't get them out of my house. (laughs) So they always pop on by. And they remember dad. They remember mom. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, again, the scripture says, Do not be deceived. Do not lie to yourself. God is not mocked. Whatever. Listen. Whatever. A man sows, this will also reap. That do not be deceived means do not lie to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. You cannot and you will not be able to ever mock God how you treat people how you treat people how you treat people is the way you will be treated why? because you can't mock God how do we mock God? 
How do we mock God? How do we mock God? We're getting close to finishing. We mock God by telling ourselves that we can expect a harvest that we want without sowing the seeds for the harvest we want. That's how we mock God. Or we try to mock him. And this is how you lie to yourself. Why? Because God tells you, you can't lie to me. I put the law in place. This is the way the law works. Let me give you this example of the whatever seed. This whatever seed, mocking God and deceiving yourself scenario. One time, I, I remember Becky was pregnant of Alexis. We had just bought this house. It was our first home. It was a rancher. Uh, Becky was pregnant of Alexis. And then I got noticed that I had lost my job. Lost my job. I didn't know how to tell Becky that I had lost my job. So you know, when we get into some kind of or any kind of trouble, we tend to run to our knees and pray. Well, I came home and I said, if I pray hard enough, my God, he has to respond and give me the things that I asked for. So I remember going to my knees and I was praying, praying, praying because I needed this job. I needed a job. I needed this job. I needed a job. And I tell you, 20 minutes into my prayer, something miraculous happened. God responded. And you know what he said to me? You're not going to get a job on your knees. Get up and get the job you want. I remember I got up. And I opened a yellow, uh, the yellow pages of the phone book. For those kids that don't understand, this is Safari or Google. Right? Huh? That was our Google. Let the fingers do the walking. And so you had to go to, you had to. So I went to the yellow pages and I, and, 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 and hurry up. I'm trying to be dramatic. Go ahead, Harry, take the picture. So, so I opened, I opened, I opened the uh, phone book, and there were three numbers that leaped out at me, and they weren't classified. It's a phone book of information. I called these employers, and I asked, "Are you hiring?" I just wanna, I just wanna share. These are some of the areas of, of expertise that I have, and I would want to have an opportunity to either speak to a manager to see if, if, if you'd be interested in having it. Hey, what time can you come in? Ooh, uh, I can come in. Let me check my schedule. And so I landed one, landed a second, not the third, but I had two interviews. I went to uh, two interviews the very same day. The same day I went to this interview and the one job that I took changed my life and my family's life forever. I, I met the most amazing man. His name was Gary Rogers, a tall, linky white guy, almost like Brian, but just, <laughs> Brian just got more swag. <laughs> Brian got more swag. And Gary Rogers took me under his wing, man, and he loved me. He loved me as a son, and we had great times together, great conversations. Becky knows 
that he knew that I was a Christian and he wasn't a believer. But Becky knows that years later, Gary Rogers called me to say, I saw him, Jose. I saw him. And he was on the phone saying, I saw him. And I was like, what are you talking about, Gary? He said, I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus in an operation in an operation table. I was I was being operated for open heart surgery and I met Jesus and I can tell you I am now your brother. I am your brother. And and Gary Gary and I became real close friends and when I started my first business it was Gary Rogers who who said to me, I don't want you to ever compete against me, but I want to do something special for you. And he took me to this apartment complex and he took me to the general manager and he said, hey, I just want to let you know, from this day on, Gary uh, ran that whole apartment complex. He said, I am going to resign. I will no longer manage this apartment complex because I'm turning it over to Jose. And he gave it to me. And that was my first of 19 apartment complexes that I was able to, to, to run. And it was an amazing experience, an amazing experience. But it all started not on my knees. It started with the seeds that were sown. So, so, so I tell you that because you may say, well, what was wrong with praying? There's nothing wrong with praying, but it don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Praying is going to give you the insight of what you may have to do next. But you have to get up and move and plant the seeds of the harvest you want back in return. So my question for you this morning, my question for you this morning is, are you deceiving yourself in the relationship that you're in? Are, are you deceiving yourself in the investments that you're making? Are you deceiving yourself in your marriage? Are you deceiving yourself in your parenting? Every seed produces after its own kind. Whatever you sow, that you will reap. Husband, can I hear the husbands? Yeah. Whatever seeds you sow, those are the seeds you're going to harvest. Good or bad. Wives, thought you were going to get away. Thought you were going to get away, right? Chris is not half clear. For the wives, whatever seeds you sow the harvest you're going to get. Let me talk to sons and daughters of all ages. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters of all ages. The treatment you give your parents. Young and old. The treatments you give your parents. Exactly what you will harvest from your children. Wait for it. I promise you wait for it the first to admit that this law of seed time and harvest it requires faith and it requires patience because you don't just sow a seed and then wait for I remember one time uh, when Hector was at the house Hector this is wrong Sunday for you to come <laughs> you messing up <laughs> we were teaching Hector about tithing he was a kid and we were teaching him about tithing 
and, and I don't know if it was your birthday or Christmas, he had a bunch of money. And I remember he gave a tithe of $20 that Sunday morning. Sunday night, he told me, man, that stuff don't work. <laughs> I put $20. I haven't gotten it back. <laughs> and I want you to know that with every seed, there's a, there's a time. There's, there's a time. But you have to wait. You know, there are seeds that we're sowing into our children. They don't grow overnight. Those seeds don't grow overnight, but you still sow them. You don't stand over the seed and rush it to grow, 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 grow. It doesn't work that way. It takes time. And that's where patience and faith comes in. You know that the word is a seed. And when you sow those seeds into your children, you don't rush God's timing. You just expect the seed to do what the seed is going to do. And the word says that his word does not come back void, empty. Parent, sow the seeds into your children. Sow the, your job is not to grow the seed. Your job is to sow the seed into your children. Sow the seed and be committed and just watch it grow in due season, in due time. I believe that a parent needed to hear that today. Amen. In marriage, the very same thing. The first time I did laundry at home, I thought the earth shook. I thought it snowed in the summer because I figured it out. Why? Because I was one of these husbands that just worked eight hours, came home, sat on the couch, and I left it to my wife. And I didn't do my part. So the first time I did it, and you know when the first time I did laundry was? When my wife left me and I was going through my separation. So I had to figure it out. I had to figure it out. And I put the stuff and I put it, I put it in the, in the washer, into those boxes. I put it in there. And then I, I did that hard, you know that hard work that comes with it? The one you push the button? Yeah, that part. And I pushed the button and, and the thing started to spin. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can do this. And then Becky hadn't arrived. And then after it finished, I folded everything. I tried to figure out for the fellas that know about folding a bra. Oh, my goodness. And I was trying to fold everything. And, 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 and I put it into a nice little pile. And I wanted Becky to notice it. She walked right by it like that program. <laughs> and then the second time, and then the third time, and then the fourth time. And why? Because I was I was sowing a seed with the wrong heart. And God says that He 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 does what? He blesses the the what kind of a giver? The cheerful giver. And I wasn't doing laundry being cheerful. I was I was doing it being manipulative. So, so I had to turn my heart in the way I was sowing the seed. And, and I had to learn, okay. And then the more I did it, the more I did it, then I started getting bad. I was real good at it. I got real good at it. I could just throw the, 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 the stuff in there. And I could just kick and boom. And I just got real good at it to the point where I like it. I love it. I enjoy it now. And, um, and then and the kids started to notice it. You're doing laundry. You're doing this. And then I was sweeping around the house. And, and, and the more I just started to understand man how how horrible of a hubby I was being 
that I wasn't pulling my weight around the house. That's exhausting for anyone. Listen, it's exhausting for anyone. And wife, if this is you and you're not pulling your weight, wake up. All right, learn from this. I'm telling you, it helped me, it helped the marriage. We are living the best time of our life. Honey, say it. Are we living the best? We are. You better. (laughs) And, and, And I tell people, I'm like going, the best years of your marriage are not when the kids are in the house. It's when the kids leave. It is a party. Party. And kids, if you're still in the house, your parents are waiting for you to move. <laughs> All right. So I-, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet. And, and I, want you to- I-, I want you to ask yourselves this morning as we finish and we get ready to get out of here. Did you learn anything today? On- okay. It's a, it's a, it's a law. It's a rhythm. And we're going to, we're going to, next week, listen, I'm going to talk to you about tithing and I'm going to talk to you about offering. And I promise you, it won't, it won't be like anything you probably have heard before. I promise you it won't be that way. Why? Because I want you to have an, a, a heart that's attached to what you do. It's never about guilt. It's never uh, about manipulation. It's not what this is about. Believe me, because it doesn't work that way. So, so next week, I'm going to talk on this area. I'm going to talk about this a little. And I just hope that eagerly you come back and, and we can finish this conversation. But for today, I want you to ask yourself, all eyes closed. Not looking at me. Please don't look at me. Just all eyes closed. All eyes closed. All eyes closed. I, I want you to ask yourself, what are the areas that have been a little turbulent in my life lately? Come on, just take a moment. And ask yourself, what are the areas that have been a little turbulent in my life? And that we continue to attribute this to the work of the enemy. Work of the devil. And God is telling you, these are the seeds you're sowing. You have to change some things. Just take your time. Think about that. Think about it. Whether it's with co-workers. Neighbors. Family members, what are the seeds you are sowing? You can change it by applying this principle, by applying this law. Heavenly Father, I pray over my brothers and I pray over my sisters here today. Lord, you know the struggles. Lord, you know the challenges that come their way. Father, emotionally, being a human is hard. This walk is hard. Father, we need strength. We need your guidance. We need your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. We can't do it without your help. So, Father, we take this time before you right now. Right there where you are. Right there where you are. If there is someone that you have wronged, then you know what seeds you have to sow. If there are some people that you have hurt, you know the seeds you have to sow. If there are some things that you have done, out of this principle you know what you have to do so father i pray right now in jesus name that it isn't manipulation it's it's not guilt but i pray that it is by way of conviction of the holy spirit that you touch the hearts and you touch the minds of your sons and your daughters this day that as we leave here today we are fresh and anew lord and we are uh committed committed lord 
to sowing seeds that are going to yield the proper harvest. So, Father, I just pray right now for patience. I pray, Lord, right now for hope. And I pray for faith to continue to increase in our lives as we wait for the harvest of the things that we'll sow. Father, I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.